Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bankroll Burners, the podcast for poker players who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And as always, we are going to be bringing you some hands that we've played recently. We're going to be dissecting them, two hands each. They're not hands we've shared with each other before, so these are fresh, live reactions of a donk to another donk's play. Yeah, as much as we as much as much we try and talk every week about our poker hands, uh, I still find myself in spots regularly where I'm like, wow, what am I doing? And then proceed to uh, get totally owned. So excited to share that a couple times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the play has not improved, don't you worry. Uh, we do apologize for our absence last week. Uh, just had a bunch of stuff going on, but we're back at it again. And yes, think, if you... Uh, well, and let me let me agree with Mike there and, and say, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you can probably tell that poker is not our job, because if it were, we would probably both be destitute. Um, so, you know, sometimes sometimes life gets in the way, but here we are, ready to ready to bring back some hands. Um, I'll I'll kick it off in a hand where uh, a pretty a pretty fun hand. It's a one three game at Encore Boston Harbor, which is probably my most I think it's my most common. My most played casino this year, um, just because it's close, it's convenient, and the games have been actually quite good recently. Even even on uh, weekdays, which is mostly when I've been playing weekdays after work, the games have been quite solid. There have been a number of action players. There have also been a couple of games that have been uh, really interesting because the people who play kind of know something about poker and are like clearly have studied some strategy, but still aren't good, like myself included. Uh, very, very much included. Uh, but sometimes it's fun to talk with people who kind of have some interest in poker and talk about like, you know, old school pros and streams and videos and bloggers and kind of all that fun stuff and kind of get, get to talk about hobbies instead of, you know, people who really have no idea what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, poker, as Doug Polk tweeted earlier today, poker is a social game and, you know, it's nice to have conversations at the table. Exactly. Well, in this particular hand, this is uh, this is not one of those tables as it happens. This is more of a, more of a fun table. There are uh, you know kind of a few like college people who I would assume are like college kids and don't really play much, having a fun night out. A couple older folks who maybe play a decent amount, but are definitely more more fun players. Um, and uh, a couple a couple a couple of cool players as well. It's a, it's a great table. I had a good. I definitely had a good time at this table. Um, this hand is going to start uh, with a couple limps, and in this hand we're going to be 350 effective in a 1-3 game. Uh, so usually playing around 100 big blinds deep, sometimes actually quite deeper. The max buy-in in this game is 500, which I typically buy in for. And I'd say most people usually buy in between three, three and $500, or they're buying in super short stacked with like 100. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's 100 big blinds, quote-unquote, but the open size is more like a 2-5 game, so you can think about it as, in some ways, it's like 60 big blinds, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, because the standard open is definitely 20, um, so it, it is it it is kind of interesting, yeah. Standard open is 15, or like 20 over limps, I've seen all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, um, in this hand, it's going to start with two limps from the under-the-gun one and under-the-gun two positions. Hero okay. is in middle position with Ace Queen of Diamonds, and I bump it up to twenty. Nice hand, a very nice hand to open the pot with. And to maybe nobody's surprise, both limpers call. 
Well, you didn't get any calls behind you, so at least there's that. Yeah, I mean, we're in position, which is awesome. We're, we're very, very glad about that. Um, the two people who limp um, probably don't have super strong hands, uh, almost certainly. Although I did see a number of people limp call. I saw a guy like limp call aces uh, in this session, so you never know. Well, that's special, but I think mostly discountable. For the, like, I don't, I don't think you can ever like include aces in someone's limp call range if they got it. You know, you're you're probably not going to win a big pot off you anyway. So. Exactly. So we're off to the flop, which comes ten of clubs, eight of diamonds, deuce of diamonds. So we've got two overs and then a flush draw. Great. And if you think about how this board interacts with your villains' ranges, I mean. They're going to have a bunch of random suited junk. So they could have some worse flush draws, which is obviously the ideal situation. Uh, they could certainly have a lot of first or top and second pairs. I don't have a lot of bottom pair. I don't see people very often like limp calling deuce X unless it's specifically ace deuce suited, which there's only... Still all three combos. There's, there's three combos of that. So, But basically, you know... And then they're just going to have a bunch of offsuit broadways that totally whiff this board. Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> at this point, there's, you know, 60 in the pot or so. And the first limper checks, but before it gets to me, the, the second limper bets out for 25, which is around half pot. Not the super small donk size that you often see. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, this seems like a protection bet, I would say, with a 10 very, very oftenly. I mean, it could certainly be a gutter or an open-ended straight draw. I feel like I very rarely see flush draws played this way. Yeah, I feel like I do see it sometimes because I will say a lot of folks are not a big fan of check raising with draws. And mm -hmm. so, you know, they, rather than check call, they might kind of try to get the initiative by just betting the flush draw and take advantage of the fold equity. Sure, um, kind of name their price, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly one option. So at this point, I like to just call. I think my hand is very strong and I don't think I really need to start turning it into a bluff at this point. I don't want to fold out worse flush draws. Um, I just have so many outs and like, and I'm in position for the rest of the hand and I'm, you know, I, yeah. I, I think that I have a lot be of better bluffs that I can, that I can use here. For sure. I mean, you have worse flush draws, which I, I, although again, those might be better plays just to call because you don't necessarily want to get yourself into a flush over flush type of situation. Uh, you know, you you might just be able to call those too and sort of evaluate. Um, if you, I mean, would you be raising with like king ten ace ten here? Are you? I assume you're raising sets. Yeah, I mean, but... I'm definitely raising sets. I'm probably raising over pairs. Ten um, x probably doing some mixing. Um, but I think, like, I, you know, I, I think there are a couple aspects where, yes, you know, I, I definitely, worse flush draws, we do want to be aware of getting overflushed 100 big blinds deep. Um, but definitely some better ace high flush draws also, like weaker aces, like wheel, suited wheel aces, or ace Absolutely. seven, ace six, just because it unblocks his queen high flush draws. So easier to get, easier to cooler someone. And mm -hmm. it's also just a weaker hand if he's somehow got some weird, like, I don't know, ace nine or something funky that he's just deciding to dunk with. I actually do want to be able to beat any of his like random ace high junky air balls. Definitely, definitely. The last thing I'll say too is like if you had a straight draw here, like an open-ended straight draw, I'd be much more inclined to raise because 
you want to get the other guy out of the pot. I mean, your hand as a with a straight draw, your hand really suffers from the lost equity of you know someone sticking around with a flush draw, maybe. Whereas in and then you know that's going to really decrease your outs with your straight draw. So I think just calling with a straight draw here would be a mistake. But your hand actually is not worried about anything. Yeah, I think I think I was I was actually going to point out. I think Queen Jack here is a great raise. Uh, just for example, because you kind of block a lot of the a lot of his best tens that he's going to have, meaning he has fewer combinations of jack ten and queen ten. You've got a gut shot straight draw that will make the nuts when it hits, or will make the best possible straight rather, not necessarily the nuts. And you've got two overcards, which may very well be live. So a hand like that, I'd be much more inclined to turn into a bluff than than this particular hand. Cool. So I like your call. What happens? Uh, I call, and the other limper folds. Nice. Um, but I, and by the way, I think it's probably fine to raise here too. Then we'll just have to raise more, more value. Yeah. I, I mean, if you told me you raised, I wouldn't think that was bad. I, I just, I agree with your selection that this is better played as a call. Also the SPR is like, um, I mean, it's like six or seven X, uh, on the flop. So it is actually going to take a bit of work to get all the money. And that is, that is just the last consideration, but, uh, you are in position, so it's going to be easier. Yeah, so, so now he's about 300 behind. There's a little over 100 in the pot. And the turn is going to roll off the Deuce of Clubs, which introduces a backdoor flush draw, and it pairs the bottom card. So the board now 10 of Clubs, 8 of Diamonds, Deuce of Diamonds, Deuce of Clubs. Hero has Ace Queen of Diamonds. Um, and the villain is not done betting. He's going to make it 50. And it is also not a donk bet, same bet, as we've discussed on the podcast before. This uh, This player is increasing their bet sizing and he's making it 50 it's an it's a, again about a half pot bet a little bit under proportionally it's about the same size yeah no i mean um it's interest it's interesting sizing because if you were going to raise here you could e you could like either min click or jam those are kind of your options right and you know min if you made it like a hundred you know, that's probably okay if he calls. You end up with, like, 300 in the middle and 200 behind. Uh, but, but I wouldn't make it... I certainly wouldn't, like, 3x, because you're just going to, like... It's going to be very weird. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't min-click it. I don't think there's. I don't think this is really a board where you want to do a whole lot of min-clicking. Like, I don't think we're going to have a lot of fold equity most of the time. And I feel like if we're going to min-click, we'll be better off just calling, because, like, we still have a lot of outs, most likely. Um, and we are getting a pretty good price. And our hand could still be good, theoretically, like some of the time. So I'd probably rather just call if we were going to min-click. But jamming certainly is a consideration. Yeah, I mean, you think about, like, what are the hands he's doing this with. At this point, he probably has... He could probably he could definitely have a 10. He could probably have two pair uh, at this point. Is is I feel well, like he probably isn't, isn't doing this with, like, 10-7. Well, example. I would say two pair is actually unlikely here because I think a lot of players actually slow down when they have a hand like, like if villain's primary two pair here is like 10-8, a lot of villains are going to slow down when the when the card that is not their two pair pairs because they now lose to any over pair that I can have. I, 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 yeah, I guess I wasn't sure how much credit you're giving this guy. For, yeah, that's, that's for, I think he is, I mean, for, uh, I will say, I think he's definitely uh yeah, this player, I guess I'll give some context, is definitely a very high VPIP player, he put, which means voluntarily put chips in pot. It means he is playing a lot of hands pre-flop. He's doing a lot of limp calling. He's doing some raising. He likes seeing flops. Uh, I do think he is kind. He is like aware and like he, you know, 
at, at the basic level where he can, he would definitely be thinking like, oh, he's you know he could have a you know he could have X over pair and, and might be less inclined to barrel that second street. Yeah, for sure. And I, uh, okay, I just was I've seen many many live low stakes villains just aren't like. Yeah, I, I'd say he's definitely been playing a good amount. Like I, I I would guess that he's played the game for a while. He knows what's up, but he maybe isn't doing you know studying or taking it super seriously, which of course totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. All right. So, you're right. Probably doesn't have two bear. Probably doesn't have tens. Might have eights. Um, you know, making a boat here. So, yeah, and, and if he did have, like, ace-deuce suited, obviously there are fewer combinations of that now. There are only two possible ace-deuce suited he can have. But that is another candidate where he could have tripped up and be betting now. But I don't know that he would donk that hand. That's true. <laughs> He's um, blocking aces. Yeah, that's true. That's right. We, where have we heard that before? Um, I, yeah, I would, I would pretty, I would write off trips here for the most part. I mean, you're, you're probably right. If if he's an aware player, he's not going to have two pair. Uh, then he's going to have a set, which is very, very small slivers of sets. Uh, so probably, I'm thinking like king ten offsuit is like the most likely hand. <laughs> Something like that, like king ten offsuit, queen ten offsuit, like a strong ten uh, certainly would be the most likely value hand for him to have here. Um, I, I don't know, is that, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's reasonable, and I guess he could be doing this with two pair, and of course he could also be doing this, we've seen many instances of villains making this sort of, taking this sort of line with like a pocket pair, like maybe if he's got like pocket nines, this that could be a candidate where he's just kind of like continuing sure. to bet to see where he's at, maybe like, I say nine specifically because it's second pair, once you kind of get below that eight and you're in third pair ter territory, I think people are kind of less likely to fire the second barrel. Yeah, I, I mean, by the way, it is worth noting that, you know, your outs are the same against King-10 and 10-8 anyway, so. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. So what what are you thinking to do at this point? I, I think, so I, I was, in the moment, I wound up calling. So I was leaning towards calling. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm getting a really good price. I have a bunch of outs. There's going to be some amount of time where the river comes a brick and it goes check, check, and we win. You know, if he's got, like, an open-ender, for example, he can definitely have, like, a jack-9, a 9-7 that he might do this with. He might have queen-jack himself, although, of course, I have a queen, so that's a little bit less likely. Um, and, I mean, if he's just got a 10, you know, we've got 15 outs, so we're, we're priced in to just call. Sure. So, that's kind of what I was thinking. I guess 14 if, if we assume the 10 of diamonds is not live. But, you know, he's still betting less than half pot, which means we only need to have the bet. We only need to win this hand, you know, twenty less than 25% of the, of the time for it to be a profitable call. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. We are just getting the direct odds to call. It is interesting to think about realizing our equity. It's going to be, even though we're in position, if we br if the river bricks out, um, you know, we're, are, are you, you're, you have a pretty bad bluff catcher. Yeah. Yeah. We block <laughs> so, some, we block some bluffs and we don't block a ton of value. We pretty much block ace 10 and queen 10. Right. So, you know, but I guess even if you're always going to fold river when you don't hit, you do have getting the direct odds. I guess it does make sense to just call here. Um, yeah. And it's another spot, too, where because my hand is going to be sometimes good at showdown if it does go check-check, I, I guess I was kind of thinking, you know, similarly to how I was thinking on the flop, 
I can have better bluffs here. But that's a, it's actually an interesting point that I didn't consider in the moment that I'm just now thinking is, you know, if I was bluffing off a lot of those hands on the flop that were worse hands, you know, hands like Queen Jack or Jack Nine or something like that, you know, then I don't have those hands so much here on the turn after just calling the flop. So now what are my best bluffs? And maybe now is the time where we should be check raising or jamming, you know, jamming some of our weak flush draws to try and, because those hands actually now have fold equity against a higher flush draw um, mm -hmm. versus yeah. on the flop where, where the villain might be less inclined to fold when it's not an all-in sizing. Yeah, I mean, the other question here is, like, how credible jamming is. It's, like, what is like what are the value combos here? It's, like, I guess it's just your overpairs that you would maybe jam. Right, exactly. Yep. I think I'd probably just be jamming any overpairs that I decided to flat with. Because I do feel like when you're in position on a flop and, like, especially when when you're not that deep, you know, when you have the ability to get it in and you're, 100, like, 100 big blinds or less. Or as you say, you know, with the large open size, it's even effectively less. You know... I don't mind doing a good amount of flatting on the flop against a donk just because those ranges are often relatively weak or capped. And so you, you do try and want to keep their, their hands in and, and pressure them on later streets. Yeah, it is, it's just interesting because it's multi-way on the flop and, and you might, it, it's it's pretty bad for you if you call and the other guy calls. But yeah, that's I, true. I, yeah I think it's, it's not crazy to think you have some overpairs to jam here. So, you know, yeah, you can have some jams here, but I, ultimately I think that you're right that uh, you were right at first thinking like you're literally getting the direct odds to just call here uh with your hand you might even be good if it goes check check so i yeah i just i think calling is right do you think the reasoning is okay that you know we could be jamming like straight draws on the or not jamming but raising straight draws on the flop and then raising sort of weaker flush draws here as our bluff candidates given that we won't have those straight draws yeah i think that's perfectly reasonable mm -hmm. okay so we just we just call i just, you know felt a little weird because i was like oh i don't know what am i supposed to do but anyway um there's now you know if the, the spr is still around one that's the stack to pot ratio uh, even with us just flatting twice the pot is now a, a hair over 200 the effective stack is just over 250. Um, so we shouldn't have any trouble. I mean, you know, we can get all the money in if we so desire on the river. Maybe, at yeah. As it so happens, we do not so desire on the river. As the river rolls off, the deuce of spades. So the board is now 10-8 deuce, deuce, deuce. Uh, and the villain bets 100, which again is about that just under half pot sizing. He really likes that. Um, yeah, I mean... It is a little, it, it, it just show like, it's just a 10 at this point is like the only value hand that he would play this way. It just, right. it's just a 10. Um, I mean, I guess also pocket eights. I don't know. This, this doesn't change that much. Uh, and I do I wonder if villain would less likely he's bluffing to be honest with you. I, I would say, I do feel like villain might be jamming pocket eights here. If I were villain, I would certainly jam pocket eights here. If you have multiple sizing, it's like. You know, and yeah, again, yeah. if you're a some if you're somewhat aware, some people may not even realize that pocket eights beat po beats pocket aces on this board, um, right? Right, but it does. Pocket eights is pretty much the second. You know, is is very very strong here because you have eights full of deuces. Any other pocket pair is deuces full, so eight, eight the eights would win. So I would suspect my I, I was I kind of discounted those sets because I was like I feel like he'd be jamming a lot or like betting larger, but maybe not. Maybe it's a, sort of a milky bet. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's like, okay, well, if he has a 10 here, you know, what, uh, I mean, obviously you have, 
I guess like what are your what are your good calls? Like what's your good bluff catcher here? Um, I mean, is he ever value owning himself here with a ten? Like, do you ever show up with jacks right now? Right, and probably not that much because I'm probably jamming those a, a decent amount on the turn. But I, I maybe can have some amount. I can have a lot of ten x myself, um, especially sort of weaker ten x that I might not raise off. You know, I hand like ten nine, jack ten, hands that are kind of middling tens. But obviously now the the kicker of the ten doesn't matter. We're all mm -hmm. playing deuces. We'd all be playing deuces full of tens. So I think I do have a lot of those hands. Like, like 10x and some amount of pairs. Is there any merit to jamming here? Or is that just, that doesn't make any sense? Because I was kind of rolling through all three options in my hand where I was like, I just feel like I don't have any fold equity if I jam, basically. Yeah, so what do you rep? One thing, basically be a third pot jam, which is quite small. Anything that you, you beat everything that's folded that, like, to a jam. would fold to a jam. You yep. already Re beat Reason, unless he's making a sick own with like pocket threes, yeah, which is or very nine, unlikely. I guess if he has like, I mean, if he has nines here, like that's nuts. But so, um, so I, I was thinking about calling because I was like, well, you know, the story is not that credible, but at the same time, you know, uh, it's it's tough to know exactly what each person's sort of limp calling range looks like. But in general, they certainly do have a lot of tens, and I feel like I've fallen into the trap a lot of saying like. You know, that, ah, well, if they get here with all this 10x, then they have to get here with all sorts of garbage that they're betting. And they, yeah, and they but, which is just not, al not always true and very, very player dependent. Yeah. I mean, I just think it, su it sucks to have diamonds. I mean, yeah, you do block ace 10, queen 10, but a lot of the, a lot of the hands you show up here with that, I mean, are, do you have bluff catchers that aren't 10x? Like, are, are you going to call here with nines? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I have to. Okay. Maybe... Well, then if you're not going to call with nines, I don't think you would call with ace queen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's reasonable. Yeah. Or <laughs> like eight x, but I probably I might fold eight. I might have eight x too. Well, maybe, maybe eight. eight. Hmm. Ace eight, eight nine, eight seven. Yeah, maybe eight nine is is a good bluff catcher. But anyway, I I think you're right. I think the ace highs are just too slightly too weak, especially holding diamonds. If I yeah, wanted to no make this diamond, call, maybe. If I would like to, if I wanted to make this call, I should probably do so without a diamond, or if the ten is a diamond, because villain could also have ten x of diamonds in this case. So it'd probably be, it'd probably be better for me to call if the ten wasn't a diamond, because then they can't, like villain can't take this line with ten x of diamonds. So and it's ace, it was it's the ten of clubs, correct? So, right. So is ace queen of clubs a better call i mean you're blocking his backdoor flush draws but you don't block Pro the front door. probably yeah i don't know seems fine to just fold this i mean maybe you're gonna get owned but like i don't know you'll just have better stuff here a lot you have a lot of tens i, I don't it sounds know. like you kind of want to call i, I mean part of me does because but I, I think i just let this go cool well, that, well that's what i do we we fold and we do get super owned uh as villain shows five seven offsuit Okay. So he had a sick bluff, and then he uh, stacked me about 10 minutes later when he turned trips. Got him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine, you know? I, I do think his line is weird, but it's not crazy. That, it's not a crazy line with a 10. So. Exactly, right. It's it's. I'd be a lot more inclined to call if the... And not not in this exact scenario, but I think, you know, we went through a, a couple... We've gone through a couple of hands on this podcast where I've kind of called... And maybe shouldn't have, but it was more sort of a live read of being like, this line is super weird, like overcards keep coming out, and this guy keeps taking weird sizings when it really, 
there are just very, very few. He's repping a very thin range for value. Whereas in this case, the board doesn't really change. He could definitely play a 10 this way the whole way. It's not like overcards came out to the 10 and he kept betting, which is a much more suspicious line. Right. So, well, cool. Let's uh, let's move on. Thanks for chatting through that. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. Well, um, I have... So, to our audience who loved that hand and is liking and subscribing to this video as we speak, uh, we have some exciting news, which is we purchased a cheap poker solver to finally learn how to play poker somewhat mildly better. Well, let's not go that far. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but we did purchase the the lowest tier subscription to uh, GTOX, which is an awesome solver made by Finding Equilibrium. Uh, go check out his channel if you haven't. He makes awesome videos with cool visuals. Uh, and the GTOX solver is great. And, and this is a hand uh, that... Um, the hand that I'm going to talk about now is one that I ran through the solver to kind of learn a bit more about. You know, a lot of the hands we play that we bring on this podcast aren't solvable because they're multi-way post-flop and that technology is still pretty new-ish, uh, not very common out there. But uh, when the opportunity is there, when we have a heads-up post-flop situation, we'd like to bring on the solver a little more, right, Josh? Yeah, exactly. And, and for those of you who don't know what a solver is or how it works, uh, we will do our best to put out a short video in the near future that explains briefly what they are in a little bit more detail. But essentially it's like, you basically have a computer play a lot of poker against itself to learn sort of the optimal strategy, the unexploitable strategy for how to maximize the expected value of a hand. And a lot of this is not really humanly reproducible because it will say like, you know, with all your hand, you know, with some set of hands, you should bet one, 150% of the pot, 1% of the time. And like, you obviously as a human, you are just never going to be able to actually replicate that correctly. But there are a lot of lovely learnings you can take from it and understand how to sort of simplify what it's telling you and try and use it to improve your game. So, you know, it's not exactly. just a thing that you could just take at face value and try to implement because it will go, it will go poorly. But there are a lot of interesting things you can learn from it. And we, again, we'll try and give you a, a little more information on them and get a little bit more in-depth uh, in sort of its own dedicated space to avoid uh, bloating this video any more than it already is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we don't get too much in the weeds, but uh, definitely exciting to sort of see the concepts the solver applies to the hands we play. So without further ado, so this hand is played in our online home game. Um, and... <clears throat> We're gonna, it's, this is a 25 cent, 50 cent game. Uh, these are action-y games, there's no cap, you know, people buy in for whatever. Most commonly people will buy in for 200 big blinds or 100 big blinds, um, so, but people will sometimes buy in for 400 big blinds or 500. Sometimes so, people will buy in for like $1,000. Yeah, shout out to Boobert, uh, <laughs> who was on this podcast uh, a few months ago uh, and enjoys doing that. So <clears throat> in this hand, uh, we are, like I said, 25 cent, 50 cent. We are $115 effective with the main villain. And um, we are going to be nine-handed. And we're sitting in um, the... Let me see. Let me get my notes out here. Um, we're we're going to be in late position here in the on the button sorry i wasn't sure if it was cut off or button here sorry. we're on the button uh 
Yeah, so we're on the button and we have an open to $2, which is a little bigger than normal. Most people open to $1.50, but I'm not reading too much into this. So we have an open to $2 from the under the gun, uh, excuse me, from the Lojack. Okay. Uh, and we, it folds to us on the button. No reads on this particular villain, by the way. Uh, folds to us on the button. We have Jack 10 of clubs. Uh, which is a hand we will sometimes flat here, but I do elect to bump it up given the stack depth uh, to $6. Okay, makes sense. Totally agree. This is a hand that you can certainly mix in some flats, especially on the button, but happy, happy to raise. Obviously, the hand does suffer from, can suffer from a few reverse implied odds at times, but somewhat rarely. Yeah, I, I think it, it does block a decent amount of the nut flush flushes that early position players can show up with. It blocks, you know, ace-jack and ace-10 suited. Uh, it does also always make the nut straight, which is nice. So Yes, absolutely. Um, happy to be three-betting this hand a good portion of the time. Uh, so this is not nothing too weird. Uh, folds back to the original opener, who four bets to $15. So okay. And I will confess that my four-bet sizing is fully unstudied, uh, but this seems a little small. It's actually a little big. Okay. Um, from my recollection, but only a little. I think you're supposed to go 2.4x out of position and 2.25x in position. Oh, so he went like 2.5x. Yeah, I think Which... this is pretty normal. When you're cold four betting, it's weird. You're supposed to go a little larger. This is my recollection anyway, but I don't think there's anything odd about the sizing. The reason you're allowed to go smaller when four betting is because it's insanely polar. Like, you, there is no such thing as, like, a merged four-betting range, right? It's always very polar. If so. you polarize, shouldn't we be going bigger? Well, you don't have to, is sort of the point. Mm. Because it's polar anyway. Um, that's that's kind of the idea. Uh, that, that's okay. how it's Well, don't take our word for it to our listeners. If you've taken our word for anything, I'm sorry. But especially in this case, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Google exists for a reason. We refuse to use it, but you shouldn't. Yeah, you can definitely Google this. And I think it does, you know, normally in a hand, though, you would use large sizing to sort of indicate polarity, right? But right. here it doesn't matter. So, Okay, um, so it's, so I assume we call because now we're getting a great price. We're in position. We have a hand that plays pretty well against, you know, on sort of Broadway boards against against a four-bit range. Yeah, I think this is a fine call. I think if we were shallow, if we were 100 big blinds deep, this would be a fold for sure. Um, but at this depth, this just seems like a fine call. So we do. Okay. We do um, and the flop is a pretty interesting one. It's king of hearts, eight of clubs, seven of hearts. King of hearts, eight of clubs, seven of hearts. So we have jack ten of clubs, which means we've got a gut shot and a backdoor flush drive. Correct. And uh, any queen or ace uh, will give us some equity as Or well. jack or ten. That's true. Um, yeah, so... A pretty, I, I like this flop. Bottom line, I mean, it could be better, but I like it. And what does uh, the what does the low jack do at this point? So here's where it gets interesting. Villain checks. Okay, that is interesting because I would assume that on a king high board in a four bet pot, you would think that the four better would be doing quite a lot of betting. Yeah, I actually looked this up in the solver, so we can consult the solver here. And the solver is actually betting this board a hundred percent of the time. It is not checking. Ever. And what sizing is it taking? 
Uh, it's mostly, it is mixing and sizing, but it is mostly, and probably you can simplify your strategy here, uh, it is mostly taking a smaller sizing. Um, it's betting with with pretty much its entire range, it is betting uh, 20 big blinds is what I've got here. So that's a third pot, basically. Um, right. Yeah. Yep. And that, and that makes sense. So. Fill and checking is certainly interesting. I mean, it, it, with no reads on the player, you would kind of go either way and think, you know, maybe... I, I guess the hands that I would kind of think about Villain having a lot here when he checks are going to be hands like pocket queens, uh, pocket jacks, pocket tens, uh, sort of pocket pairs below the king, or top set. Yeah, top set was like the first thing that came to mind for me. I was like, he may have top set here. He also could have a hands like queens or jacks. I mean, I am blocking jacks, of course. I will say that when it's sort of an earlier position raise, you are sort of required to, to four bet like hands like queens. Whereas um, when it's when it's later position, uh, you might not as much if I'm remembering this right. Because oh no, I'm sorry, it's, I'm thinking the reverse. Yeah, you don't it's, have, it's, it's the reverse. You don't have to four bet queens or jacks from the when you open earlier position because uh, you have your range is just so tight, so you're allowed to have more flats. Correct. Or or if like the big blind three bets, you know, the big blind three betting is like the most polarizing of the positions. So if the big blind three bets, I think you're also allowed to play uh, a lot tighter in sort of your four betting range. Right. So, um, yeah, so he doesn't necessarily have queens or jacks here, bottom line. He may have just flatted those hands. But um, he'll, he'll probably have some, and he could have some top set. He could also just have like ace-queen suited, just like of... of uh, of spades that's true but you know, uh, something that i heard you know it kind of heard explained to me and i kind of took took to heart and thought that's probably true is villains in who are kind of aware enough to be doing four betting which is you know already cuts out quite a segment of people uh yeah. tend to barrel misses a lot yeah like total misses hands like ace queen because you want that fold equity against any sort of misses your opponent has or like definitely, definitely. Hands. I, I, I wouldn't. I would say he can have those hands. I, I, I mean, so I guess in the game I interpreted this check as fairly polarizing. I was like, it seems like he's doing this with like total ass or top set. Yep. <laughs> um, but in Solverland, this never. There is no check, uh, so it's it's definitely uh, pretty interesting. But uh, so the solver is checking actually with zero point zero four percent of its range. So there uh, well, you go. and this is exactly what I'm saying. Maybe villain is just trying to implement the solver. Perfectly and uh, rolled and rolled a check. Yeah, exactly. So, so what do you uh, do? So, given that a villain's so polar, you know, does that kind of lead you to to want to check back and try and realize your equity? That's what I thought about in game, and that's what I did. Do you think that makes sense? I think it does, because I mean, I I do. Well, it's interesting because we are still losing to all the misses, and like folding out a hand like Ace Queen is obviously very good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, or pocket queens for that matter. Uh, but definitely, you know, we have a pretty, like, we have a lot of equity with this hand, and it would really suck to get blown off it because we obviously can never call a check raise. Yes, absolutely. So, so yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy to check back with this particular hand. You know, may, yeah, maybe, I, like, a hand like Jack Ten of Hearts, I think we can, we can do a lot of betting because we also want to fold out those hands, and we can call a check raise. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think... Yeah, I, I really wanted to see if I, the turn gave me any equity. That was sort of what was on my mind in this moment. I was like, well, you know, I have a trash hand here, like 
right now, but it could certainly improve. And if it improves, you know, I can structure some double barrels. And I think I think if I go bet turn, bet river, I can fold out a lot of pocket queens, to be honest with and you. And we have a lot of hands that are going to want to do that for value. Note the hands I'm thinking about are hands like king-queen suited, uh, maybe pocket queens ourselves. where if we get checked to again on the turn, we're going to start to want, we're going to want to start betting for value. So I think we can definitely down the road continue to play this in a, bal in a relatively balanced fashion. Yeah, absolutely. So we do check. And what's interesting is, you know, it's it's sort of you already you immediately have to take the solver with a grain of salt because we're already in sort of like something the solver hasn't considered like doesn't happen basically according to the solver like Millen should never check here but in the point zero four percent of the times that they do check the solver almost pure checks back um, oh. with a very little EV regret uh, which is sort of like how much EV do you lose how much estimated value how much money do you lose really by taking a strategy with your whole range. So if you check your whole range back here, if I were to check my whole range back, lose very little EV, about 4%. Uh, but I, I would agree with you that once we're in the 0.04% of uh, the low jacks hands, we're probably already starting to leave the realm of uh, solvers being super useful. Uh, absolutely. I just thought it was sort of an interesting, you know, I, I did think it was interesting to see what it did, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so let's move on to the turn. What, uh, do we pick up some equity? So the turn comes the queen of diamonds. Okay, so kind of a, a really interesting card because a lot of his misses that he may have wanted to check have now gotten there in some way, whether making second pair in a hand like ace-queen, picking up equity with a hand like ace-jack, or making a set with pocket queens. Definitely, yeah. But it, of course, also introduces for me an open-ended straight draw, um, which I'm relatively pleased about. And now Villain goes ahead and bets, uh, bets here. Uh, Billen bets thirteen fifty, so about forty percent pot. Okay, doing my math right, um, which I did think was pretty interesting, but sort of in line with the fact that a lot of his misses get something here, and um, of course, if he does have the, the super nuts and pocket kings, uh, he doesn't. He's hopeful that I have pocket queens, um, so he's gonna go ahead and bet it. You know, he, he said it. Maybe he set his trap on the flop with pocket kings. I didn't bite, so now he's just gonna go ahead and bet. Um, and I do think we just have a square call here. Okay. I, you... I think it's interesting. I think maybe there's some merit. My first thought here was we can sort of, maybe we can like raise fold where we can mm -hmm. like, you know, raise the bluff because I do think we can get fold. We still get folds from like a lot of the hands that are beating us at this point. And we have like actually a pretty good bluff candidate now because also when we raise, we're going to get folds from hearts some amount of the time. Uh, not that he should have all that many hearts. I don't know what hearts he has. Well, like, like would he ever me. not bet hearts on the flop? Maybe. I, Probably I mean, not. it's really hard to think about what his range looks like because it's so such a weird thing to check flop. But I, I feel like he would bet hearts. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, we have we have such a weak hand from a showdown value perspective. And we do, but we don't. We didn't pick up that much equity, so it's kind of interesting. I, I'm okay with just calling because again, we are getting a fantastic price. Yeah, we do have the, if not the direct odds to call, like pretty close. Definitely implied odds if we assume that villain will stack off a lot on an ace or a nine, uh, which, then we should definitely make a call. Which he probably, even with with pocket kings, for example, or pocket queens, he probably should be stacking. He off. definitely will. I would so, say. Yeah. So. I, I, I do I do see the merit I do think raising is interesting, um, 
And I mean, if he's just stabbing here and we fold out his stabs, if he has like ace five of clubs, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's super good right. for us. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's a little bit interesting. There's kind of a dynamic where if he's got a stab like that, he wants to turn into sort of a multi-street bluff and he continues on the river. We're just going to be like to toast. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we have a horrid hand to like bluff shove. Right, exactly, and I just right. We we can't really. It's it's tough to shove the river, and obviously we're not. We can't really call rivers, so that kind of makes me want to raise a bit more just to get because we lose to his to like most of his bluffs probably. That's a fair point. So it, it interesting, but as you say, we do have the odds. So I, I I would guess this is a fairly marginal spot where either either action is reasonable. Yeah, yeah, and you know if we do again take the solver with a grain of salt here, but the solver does like to bet a third pot on the turn in villain spot. And, um, with its entire range actually. And from, uh, from my seat, there's a huge mixture of plays. There is some calling, there is some raising, and there's of course some folding. Um, and so it's not like we could take our entire range, uh, for any of those, but for the most part, the solver isn't raising, uh, a lot of the open-ended straight draws aside from it as, but it is doing a bit of raising with my hand specifically with Jack 10 of clubs. Uh, however, uh, the, the EV of calling is better. So perfect. It, it, it does like to call again. I mean, again, you can take this over with a grain of salt here, but by and large, you know, it's, it seems to prefer to raise here with flush draws and combo draws. Yeah. Um, which sense. kind of makes sense. Just because ranges are so condensed in four bet pots. Well, anyway, we've now got 57 in the pot. we got 87 behind, and the river is going to make us the nuts. The four of hearts. Hmm. Yeah. Not the nuts. <laughs> Villain checks. Well. Yep. Tough spot. I feel like we uh, we're in a really crappy spot because <laughs> I don't yeah. think we can really check back here. I don't think so. I mean, I yeah. I think it's. I think I don't know what the correct like check back type of hands are. Like probably like ace queen or something like that. Like we have very few hands that haven't made at least a pair here <laughs> right i mean like king queen suited i think is a is a okay check back because honestly i don't know how we're getting value from a whole lot worse with king queen suited fair yeah i mean we have a lot of hands here that check back just fine so uh in terms of like you know co complete give ups like i don't know maybe this is supposed to be one but i i didn't really want to check back jack high i thought he mustn't be that strong given his check okay I, I decided to bet here i don't know if you think that that's reasonable i think betting is fine yeah we're so low in our range and we have we don't really have that many relevant blockers it's like we but but we don't i don't think villain ever is checking a flush here right so maybe that means we're allowed to just like jam yeah and that is actually what the solver does, is jam. Just because the villain has kind of capped themselves to not really having flushes when they check the flop and check the river. Whereas we can definitely be checking back flush draws. 
We can be just calling with some flush draws on the turn and getting here in this manner. So I'm, I, I probably, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think jamming makes a lot of sense, even though it is an over bet. Yeah. Um, I think it, you know, villain is very capped and we can be, we can have a lot of nuts here, but I actually don't jam. <clears throat> I end up betting $43. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Uh, which three is three quarters pot, basically. Yeah. Basically I bet about three quarters pot. Uh, and villain goes into the tank and I'm like, huh, you know, this is interesting. Like, what's he thinking about here? I assume I'm getting snapped off by a set. Um, but then villain shoves. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So we go ahead and lay it down. Uh, of course, at this point, you know, did we get to see what he had? No, I'm so bummed. Yeah. Cause like, I really wonder, like. Maybe he just had a set and he decided you could be doing this with a worse set or two pair or something enough because you would be shoving your own. And I think Villain rightly kind of decided that you'd be shoving. My my guess is Villain probably had a set and essentially decided, well, you'd probably be shoving flushes, which means you're pro it looks a lot like you're trying to go for thin value with like a lower set. So. I'd probably shove a set here, to be honest. Well. Makes, then then we definitely should be shoving our bluffs. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would have found it in game. Like, I probably... in I guess what I'm saying is I think I should be shoving sets here. But I right. did I, I don't know that I would have found it in game. I definitely should have shoved with my Jack-10. As it happens, I very likely would have immediately been called. Um, but, but that's uh, poker. Yeah. You don't get snap called by the nuts, you're not bluffing enough. Exactly. So, anyway, I think it was a pretty mediocre played hand by myself. Very weirdly played hand by Villain. Yes, really, really interesting. Okay, uh, I've got another hand. It is another hand from Encore, uh, Boston Harbor. This is a this is one of these tables that I was talking about where people are a little bit more aware. Had a nice time with some folks that I've seen. Shared the podcast, so I hope some of you were listening. Um, you seem to like the type of people who might. Uh, That's an insult. Ooh, brutal. <laughs> more like the, the how about the type of person who just wants to. Uh, the type, of the type of person who wants to consume as much poker content as you can, even if it's of questionable quality. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you so, would like to watch a podcast that would make you a worse player. <laughs> so, in this hand, uh, UTG is going to limp. We are playing 500 effective in this hand, so quite deep. Uh, 170 big blinds, but of course the open is going to be to 15 in this hand, so as you say, maybe more like, playing more like, it's 100 big blinds effective. But under the gun limps, under the gun plus one raises to 15. He is a reasonable player. Uh, he's been playing somewhat aggressively. Uh, as I talk to him, I don't think he is like, a, he's not, not a professional, but he's definitely a thinking player. I think he's more in like our boat where like he has a job and a significant other and plays poker when he has time. But he was raising a lot, wasn't doing a lot of limping. Thinking player, very fun table. Um, I look down next to act, so middle position with ace of clubs, queen of diamonds, and I decide to three bat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Seems fine. So I make it 50. Would um, you ever flat here? Do you ever flat for middle position versus an early early position open? I mean, I don't... It. I would say it depends on the table. Like, if it's a super, super passive table, then sure, I'm probably flatting some, like, pocket pairs. Okay. Like medium to weak pocket pairs. If I think there is like literally a zero percent chance that I get three bet, 
unless someone wakes up with aces or kings. Um, then yeah. yes, I'm absolutely doing some flatting. Not at this yep. table. There's enough players that are that are thinking and they're a little bit more aggressive. Okay, I do think this is a, a reasonable hand to flat sometimes if you have a flatting ring. Yeah, yeah, and I I did think about that, and I know we've kind of discussed that before that you know ace queen can reasonably call a squeeze from somebody else, uh, and is an okay flat. But I I kind of decide I don't actually have like a well built flatting range, so at that point I'd rather just be three betting. Perfectly reasonable. So all right, you make it forty five, I assume. So I make it fifty because there is a limper in the pot, and I'm it's like you know just next to act, so I do want a little bit more fold equity against some of the players behind me. Sure. Like, because there's also, you know, the whole odds thing with a with a limper in. Uh, but, of course, that doesn't matter. Hi the hijack uh, immediately cold calls. Awesome. Um, and everybody else folds, including the original Razor. Oh. <laughs> so there's uh, going to be about... Live, some live poker. So there's going to be 120 in the pot with about 450 behind. And the hijack, I would say, was maybe playing a little bit loose. Uh... Sounds like it. As you may be able to tell. Um, he was also playing quite aggressively. He also definitely appeared to be a relatively thinking player. He was he was fairly aggressive. He was, like, definitely thinking about the game to some extent. Uh, but liked seeing flops. And who can blame him? I have seen far too many flops in my young career. Okay. All right. So, and you have ace of clubs, queen of diamonds, correct? Exactly. And we are off to a flop, which comes ace high. Ace of nice. hearts, jack of spades, three of hearts. Three of hearts. Okay. Sounds uh sounds sounds like a board you should bet. I do bet, and I decide to bet thirty-five. Okay, which is about a quarter pot-ish. It's ba it's ba it's a third pot basically because the pot is one twenty before the rake, which means it's one ten after the rake. So it's basically it's almost it's almost exactly a third pot. Yeah, I mean, usually you want to continue with a with a small sizing on these ace high boards uh, when you three bet. That's just yeah, and I I kind of think your villain's villain's gonna have a lot of like pocket pairs, as we say. You know, there's it's mostly gonna be like, you know, villains sometimes call cold call three bets with like ace king ace queen, some way with sometimes with suited broadways, but often weighted towards sort of high to middle pocket pairs like jacks through eights. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. So obviously, if he has pocket jacks, he has pocket jacks, but I'm I'm well ahead of most of his range at this point. I do want to get value. There are a lot of hands to get value from, so I bet 35, and villain calls. Okay, so villain calls, which is going to put the pot at close to 170, uh, and we're going to have uh, about 410, 420 behind, right? So And, yeah. That's uh, that's a little. That's like two and a half x pot, right? Yeah, it's it's two and a third maybe. It's just a little bit over two. Um, and this is kind of my first question: is is this a hand that wants to be playing for stacks at our stack depth against villains range? And this is kind of where I got. I started kind of thinking because I kind of thought as we as the turn rolled off and i'll tell you the turn is a four of spades which is a pretty darn big brick it does bring in a backdoor flush draw but shouldn't really change anything as is um my thought at this point is my hand does not really want to play for stacks i given villain's range i don't think i'm ever getting three streets of value from a worse hand interesting um 
But I don't know. This is kind of, I was very, I was definitely like in a weird spot because I was like, like, I'm definitely not getting three streets of value from a pocket pair or a jack. Probably honestly not even getting three streets of value from like ace, like a, like eight, like a wheel ace. I just, I don't know that that's right. I don't know that you're right. Because first of all, I was, the reason I was asking about like a, a stack to pot ratio Given if you're going to bet geometrically, meaning bet the same percent of the pot on the turn and river, you only have to bet three quarters pot both times, right. which is not huge. Like that's not a that's not crazy to think that someone will call. I mean, that's sort of the point of betting geometrically is you force villain to defend with the widest possible part of their range on, on all streets. Um, so I I don't think it's crazy that like queens. Or Jack, or no, not Jack. Like Queens would call you twice. I don't think it's crazy to think that King Jack would call you twice more. I, I do, I do think that they probably. I mean, they might even be supposed to. To be honest, like I don't think it's crazy, especially if this guy is the sort of player who's cold calling three bets. I, I don't, I don't know that it's it's wild to think he would do that. Um, I, I do think that you, you don't have to be particularly polar. To play for stacks here also true so like you are going to value on yourself sometimes against like ace king i would say would be the most common thing you're going to value on yourself against but if this, if this guy's an aggressive player how much ace king does he have flat in your three bet so yeah that's I would, go for, I would play for stacks here i would i'd bet 75 75 okay i think that's reasonable i was kind of thinking yeah I, I do think i have the best hand here most of the time like i don't think he has ace king or pocket i mean you know i don't think he does have ace king that much he doesn't have many combos of pocket jack, so so be it, right? I think he's gonna raise, yeah, if not all of them, some of them. Yeah, exactly. So I, I do think I have the best hand here the majority of the time. I just don't know that I'm getting like, especially on live poker, like maybe an online poker where everybody's like, or higher stakes where people are actually like bluffing at the right frequency and forcing people to call down. But maybe I'm just too used to live to like people just way over folding in live poker and kind of thought, well. How am I going to make the most of this hand? I, and I feel like if I bet, like, all three streets, I'm going to probably get a fold, like, on the turn from, like, any sort of, like, random pair most of the time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think if you were deep, I would be very careful here. I would be very careful about playing this hand aggressively. Um, but you're not. So um, I, I'm happy to put it in with top pair second kicker here. Well, I, it's, but then I, I think you're probably right um, that we should just, you know, we pretty much, if we always have the best hand, why not go for it? Right. Uh, but yeah. I check. Yeah, you check. Yeah, I, I actually think checking here is quite bad. Yeah, I mean, there's two flush draws. Well, yeah, that's part of it. And the other thing, too, is on the turn especially, but in general, the out-of-position player's checking range is supposed to be quite polar. And this is very mergy, I would bet. I think you could just bet. You know, yeah. I, I think you might want to check. You could look if you, especially if you think this guy's aggressive. Let's say you had like pocket jacks. You could check pocket jacks um, sometimes. I think you could check ace jack sometimes because you're blocking a lot of action. Uh, I think you could, and then you could also check. You know, with plans to check raise, obviously. Yeah, uh, well, in some draws, but and I also think I could like check river on a brick if I think he's sufficiently aggressive, where he's going to like barrel off a lot of missed draws. If I think sure. that my hand, if I only want two streets of value from worse, and I can only get two streets of value from worse, probably makes more sense to check River. Absolutely. That's actually a really good point. So, whereas, but, whereas in the turn, you let him realize his equity. Yeah, so. 
And he does check back immediately. Yeah. So, bummer. All right. The river is now going to come the two of clubs. So, the draw is brick. There is now a one-liner to a five as the board is ace-jack, three-four, deuce. Not particularly worried about a five. Yeah, if, if this guy has a five, you know, he can have my money, you know. <laughs> like, yes. Um, and now I just, I think I should bet. Agreed. Um, Although, I think I, I don't probably know. should have taken a fairly a large sizing here. I, I, I guess, do you think he will bluff River like this player, if you check? I don't know. Well, it's, I think he might have started bluffing turn is the thing. Like, I feel that when he checks back turn, his range is pretty weighted towards, like, pocket pairs or maybe weak aces. And mm -hmm. probably pocket pairs, because most weak aces, like, most wheel aces were two pairs. And now most wheel aces are either two pairs or... St all wheel aces are, be are beating me. But I think it. I think his range is fairly weighted towards, like, pocket pairs at this point. Okay, so if, if you think he has, you know what they call a mid-heavy range. I mean, he's got a lot of hands that just kind of want to see showdown. Then, yeah, you definitely want to use a large size uh, and put it in a tough spot. So, uh, since you did check turn, you know, which is technically... I mean, you are uncapped here, I would say. You can have a lot of strong hands. So, I think taking a large sizing with even this hand makes sense. I would say... Um, I don't know if you would overbet, do you think? I don't think so. I, mean, I don't really think you're supposed to overbet a ton out of position, too. That could be. Yeah, I'm not not familiar with those spots, but yeah, certainly you could bet pot, for example. Yeah. Well, I don't. I bet a hundred. Oh. Okay. Uh, but I may have I may have inadvertently bumbled my way into making the maximum because he just tanks for ages, and he's okay. like, "Oh, what could you possibly have here? Do you ever do this with pocket tens? Do you miss? Why did you check the turn?" And eventually, like, Psy calls with his hand literally hovering over the muck. And is disappointed when I give him the bad news. Damn. All right. So, good thing you didn't bet pot. Yeah, I do think he probably... Well, I don't know, though. Because maybe if I bet pot, the exact same thing happens. Right. Or maybe he even calls faster because he's like, oh, why would you bet so big? Like, this is such a weird line from, like, a one-pair hand. Yeah. So, no, that I does not necessarily mean I made the maximum or shouldn't have bet pot because... I definitely could, I like not def, but I may have been able to get paid and have the exact same sequence go, or I may have been able to stack him. So good example of me, not, not doing what I should have done. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Bottom line, you, you made some, you made some money. So well, but you know, bottom line, I don't know if that's bottom, the right. Bottom line, take. terribly played hand. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let me cap us off here with a very, a very fun one. This this hand is was one of those hands that I was just like, I hate poker so much. Um, be, both like part of me because I like played it so badly, but also y you'll see. So. And is this twenty five fifty again? This is twenty five cent fifty cent. Yep, this is an online game. It's not twenty five dollar fifty dollar. No, it is not. And we are one hundred and ten dollars effective to start the hand. Deep, deep, so deep. A little over 200 big blinds. Um, and we are sitting in the hijack with uh, eight of hearts, eight of spades. The uh, under the gun plus two player. This is a nine-handed game. The under the gun plus two player makes it $2. Again, bigger than the normal open, but hit this player in particular, this was his normal open. I don't know why. But, Perfect. Uh, this player is a knit 
Um, yes. And been tagged. yeah, this player's a nit. And uh, shout out to Corn. Corn, <laughs> you're the biggest nit ever. Uh, we make it six dollars over his open. I uh, he folds to because uh, he is a nit. He you know can get him to fold with some three bets. Um, and so we make it six dollars. Uh, and it then gets to the button who is a fun player. It's Dobble. Shout out to Dobble, my boy. Oh, we love Dobble. Um, Dobble is yeah. a great player for the game and uh, he often walks away with a profit. Yeah, Dobble's the man. Uh, so he goes ahead and cold calls my three bet on the button. Um, and it folds back to the big blind who also calls. And, and now the net is just going to tank. Knit, knit now tanks and is, decides they're priced in and calls with their pocket tens. Yeah. So, um... Okay, so we've... So, poker! Poker. We got 24 um, in the pot, and we have got 104 behind. Yeah. All right. But that's okay, Josh. You know why? Because the flop comes 8 of diamonds, 7 of hearts, deuce of diamonds. We have the nuts! We got the nuts! On a, vul on a board where our hand is quite vulnerable. Definitely. Okay. So it, it checks to me as one might expect, and I do bet here. I would be doing a lot of checking on this board, but I will bet sometimes, and this is one of those times. Um, I make it seven fifty. Okay, and I think we should probably go half pot here. If half pot, we should be betting big here. If we're not even betting... into three people. What? Well, it, and, and let me. I was about to say, if we're multi-way, I think big is sort of half pot. Okay. So I would probably it's... bet as sort of big as we're allowed to. Like, I am not super up on multi-way theory. I've been playing online and people do bet larger than half pot often on multi-way spots, but I don't necessarily give them credit for being more educated. Um, but I, I know that we've kind of talked about using smaller sizings in general, right? But I still want to polarize, I mean, I still want to bet sort of as large as it's allowed given that we won't be doing a whole lot of betting here. No, you're right. I, I guess my thought was like, I am so, so, like, betting here is just inherently really polar. So, of course it like, is, yeah. So, like, I don't need to use a large sizing, but I, I don't know. I don't really know what's correct. I see, I, see, I see your argument that, like, well, go bigger, like, if you can. Like, I don't really know what the theory is on this. Right, like, obviously, if you, I think you're not allowed to just, like, pot it because then, like, everyone can just fold, like, pretty much right. everything. Like, people can just fold, like, over pairs. Right. If you pot it. Um, but I think if you bet half pot, you do get more value. You clean up some equity and you, like, build the pot. Okay. Yeah. I, I also do want to say, like, the SPR is not that high. So it's, it's like, 4 SPR. So it's not like I need to bet that large to get money in also. That's true. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I'm not worried about that. I'm more just, I mean, I just want to sort of set up for spots where we can, like, jam turn, you know, charge draws, stuff like that. No, I do think you're right that a larger sizing is probably in order here. I've lately been just in the habit of always going small multi-way, but there probably are spots where it's correct to go bigger. And this, if there are spots, this is one of the spots. Yeah, so. I still try to vary my multi-way sizing, and maybe that's wrong because I don't really know. But like more like by board, not by hand, right? Where a hand, right. where like a, a board that's like a seven deuce. Of course, I'm going to be betting small with pretty much with like a lot of hands. Still not all in a multi-way spot, probably, but a lot. And I hit a board like this where I'm going to be doing a lot of checking. You know, I do still try and think, how often am I betting here and adjust my bet size? 
Yeah. But hey, you just listened to The Last Stand. Don't take my word for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I won't listen to anything you just said. So, so we've got 750, and all three players call. Button calls. Uh, and everyone else folds. Damn. I was hopeful for a real, real live poker situation here. Yeah, no, so... I, obviously, I'm not excited that the one player who's in position to me called next to act with two people behind. Um, but I am thinking, like, hey, I have the nuts, so that's okay. It's <laughs> a good thing to think. All right, off to a turn. The turn is the five of hearts. Okay, that's a pretty safe card. Well, yeah, it is. But in the moment, I was thinking, like, I think it's bad for me in, in a number like I think it's bad for my range probably I don't know I think it's range I think it's kind of neutral because because neither player should like okay so so just to recap the board right now is eight of diamonds seven of hearts deuce of diamonds five of hearts right mm -hmm. neither player should have pocket fives definitely not uh neither player should have should really have six nine I think it is possible. I mean, it was a three bet and a cold call, so I would say. I think it is possible, given the nature of this game, that someone well, could be goofing around with six nine. But it might yeah, be more it, likely it for you. Just, it might be what? more likely for you. But anyway, in general, I could maybe have some six nine here once in a while if I'm feeling if I've had a few drinks in me. I would say when we bet, like I, I just don't think it changes that much. Like I don't think either player should really have like any card that really interacts with this five, except maybe a heart draw, and that's not actually like a hand. You know, so I want to bet big here. Do you want to bet, or would you check to look to check raise, assuming that Button is fairly strong uh, and will bet this card, which is wet? I think I want to bet, because I think that Villain might check back, because we bet into four people, I think that Villain might check back some draws. Interesting. Like a good amount of draws, just because, like, to realize their equity, because, like, your line is very, very strong. Although, but you do think you have to think that like most draws villain will have here don't have a ton of showdown value. Like obviously there's ace high diamond draws, but that's about it. A lot of like most of the straight draws, for example, are just gonna be very incentivized to bets, of which there are a bunch. Obviously there's you know uh, nine ten and jack nine, although probably mostly jack nine of diamonds specifically. Um, but even so, they probably would want to bet that hand. So. I think there is a good amount of betting villain would would do here. Yeah, that's that's certainly. That's and if they have a set like sevens that they're slow playing, they're definitely going to bet. Yeah, but if they have a set or any other value hand, we're we're just going to make the most by bet bet betting. That, 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 that's true. I, I guess what I'm saying is, doesn't checking work well against both parts of the range? I mean, like, what are the hands they have here that are highly incentivized to check back? Like top pair, I guess. Like yeah, if they I'm have top pair, or even like nine, like nine, like a villain has nines or tens or jacks, like we, you know, kind of like we said earlier, like cold calling, a, if they're cold calling a three about with that. Although knowing this opponent somewhat, I would guess that those hands are might quite possibly would be put in a cold four betting range. It's very possible. Um, uh, and quite reasonably too, because I think you should be four, but definitely should be cold four betting jacks from the button. 100%, yeah. Probably and tens too, and probably nines at some amount. Yeah, so... But I, I don't know. I think I just want to bet. I think I just want to keep putting money in this pot while we're sure we're ahead. And I, I don't, I really don't think this card is bad for us, is I think the key. 
Yeah, I, I think I have... This is a weakness in my game where, like, I see, like, straightening-looking cards and I assume that they're bad, that they're going to complete some straights, but I don't really take the time to think through what the straights would be. Well, and so. it's also interesting because, like, it is such a multi-way pot. Like, even if... Like, if, the, if this card were, like, the Six of Hearts, then we could make the case that it's bad. But, like, our primary... Like, a lot of our bluffing range should probably be hands, like, 9-10 also. Right, because we are you betting like aces on this board? Are you are you betting aces? No, on I'm not board betting aces. Race? No. Then our then our range is very very polar, right? Where we really are like have a lot of sets, a lot of two pair, some flush draws, and probably some straight draws. Right, and once you like hyper polarize the flop, you're not really supposed to like. You're supposed to you're polar, so there's nothing you can you don't need to like polarize check the turn. You can just oh, that. So, and yeah. I didn't even think of that, but that's an interesting point too that. If we're already polarized for betting the flop, then we don't need to check the turn and polarize ourselves because we're already there. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I think that this is just supposed to be a bet. I actually think check raising here is fine too. Yeah. Like, all that being said, I think the worst possible play is what I did, which is check call a bet of um twenty dollars. Oh yes, yes. I th I was gonna say I totally agree with check raising the. Oh, I I just really don't want it to go check check. Yeah. So I check call, which I just think is ass. I don't know why I did that. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, well, I have definitely done that before, but yeah, I really do not like this play. We now <laughs> have just let opponent real like see a see a cheap river at their price with less than a pot size bet behind, um, with two flush. It's about a pot size bet behind. He bets twenty. No. Oh yeah. Uh, no. There, we have like 96.50 left and the pot's like 39 at this point. So when we call this bet, the pot becomes 79 and the stack becomes 76-ish. I, I said about a pot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's slightly less. And I said less than. So we can both be technically correct. We're both technically correct. But anyway, no, I don't like this play. But okay. No. I think it's really bad. I think check jamming here is probably... what. Once I do check, I should check jam. Um, yeah. And if I definitely should just bet here, like I don't, I don't know why I check called. I genuinely couldn't tell you. I and think I was just like concerned about getting wrecked by a straight, but there really just aren't straights here. So I, I, I think this was just like an awfully played turn. If someone has six nine, give it, give it to them. That's fair, right? Uh, but anyway, I, I, I think I would not be surprised if you're supposed to or allowed to mix betting and checking. So I don't right. think checking is necessarily wrong. I, I'm sure check raising is fine. I'm not sure, but probably check calling is bad. Check calling is for sure bad. I'm I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> well, let's right. get rewarded and make quads. So the river comes the ten of hearts. Mm. That's not quads. It's not quads. It's actually like probably the second worst card in the deck. The worst being the ten of diamonds. I, I would say like the six of diamonds probably wrecks our world the most. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> So now there there is not because there is not a one liner to straight at this point on eight seven deuce five ten with the backdoor heart draw coming in, but now if he if he did have like jack nine of diamonds that got there, right? Yep, absolutely. And now we probably have to check. Yeah, we have to. I mean, what are we going to lead this card? That block, block. I mean, has our hand been downgraded to a block betting candidate? Even if well, it has. I, I would say that I think it is important to balance your block betting range and put some strong hands into it. I think it's nice to have some block calls if you're going to have a blocking range on certain on certain boards. Oh, oh, for sure. But our, uh, our our hand probably isn't strong enough to block call and isn't weak enough to block. So yes, I'm. That's I, kind of what I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I see your point. I I think also generally you 
you donk rivers usually when there's a card that's really favorable for you, which this is not. Yeah. For our, so, because as you said, we do have some like 10 9 here probably, but this isn't great for that hand anyway, even though we do make top pair. Like, yeah. That's probably irrelevant. So, um, yeah, so we do check and uh, villain puts it in. Yeah. It sucks. I think, yeah. we, I think we have to call. I mean, our specific combo of eights is like the best one we can have where we have a heart and do not have a diamond. That's really good. I agree. I think actually having the eight, this was what I thought in game uh, was like that having the eight of hearts is very good because a lot of hands he might play this way would be like a flush draw with the eight of hearts. So right, because I think given that like it was a three bet pot and then you bet uh, flop into three people that he can start bluffing the eight on the turn because like it's rarely good. Right. Like as, or, or it's rarely good against your value hands, I should say. Right. So I, I think it makes sense for him to start bluffing with that hand. So I would agree that having the eight of hearts is nice. And yeah, eight, like of eight, 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 board, eight of nine, eight of, I think ace eight of, and nine, eight of hearts are very legitimate hands here. Yeah. Totally. Um, I don't know what better bluff catchers we have. Yeah. I don't think we're betting pocket tens a whole lot. Multi-way. Maybe we would be betting pocket tens and then check calling. But, and but then we wouldn't ten, have a heart, so. Yeah. Like pocket tens with no heart. Because the ten is a heart, so I think eights with a heart is probably better. Yeah. Because like I don't think it really changes the value unless villain gets here with pocket tens, which is is feasible. Yeah, certainly a possible hand they could have. But uh, to your point, it's probably more like nine, like eight X of hearts type hands. Yeah. So I don't know. I do call. I think we have to call. I mean, I, I think. Do we ever have flushes here? Are we? Are we? Have, I don't think there's any way we play nine ten of hearts. Oh, we can't even play nine ten of hearts this way. So I don't even know what flushes we would have here, where we bet flop, check call turn and check river i think we're i think we probably are near the top of our range yeah so we do put it in and, th and this is also by the way a spot where we can definitely be balanced on the turn with our check jamming because we could check jam with like nine ten of hearts for example or nine ten of diamonds if we do decide to to play our our range as sort of a check check versus a bet yeah no so uh definitely bad turn play gets punished maximally by the river in which we do call and we lose to Jack Nine of Hearts. Oh, so he double got there. Double got there. He super duper got there. I was w blocking him from having a straight flush, unfortunately for him. Um, <laughs> the poor guy. The poor guy. Uh, yeah, so definitely got wrecked. Um, probably if we had bet, if we had bet turn, I mean, I don't. I think the hand might turn out the same way. Yeah. But I don't think we should let him see the free river, right? If we jam turn and he calls and he gets there. That is completely fine, right? We want to if we get it in while we're ahead, then we can be happy with our play. Once the chips leave your hand, that's yeah. it, right? So it's into poker God's hand. So. Exactly, yeah. we can't be mad about a, a player about a good player getting there. Yeah, Dobble's the man. It couldn't couldn't have gone to a better guy. So, but uh, we definitely got wrecked, and I was pretty bummed. Yep, fair <laughs> enough. Um. So, all right. Well, that that just about does it for us. Um. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you didn't like and subscribe when I asked you to earlier, then I know you're going to now. And you're going to leave a comment, right, guys? Let and I know. think your comment should probably accost us of playing double flush draw turns so passively. 
so badly. Like Just, we, there's a, if there's a theme to this episode, it's don't do that. Don't don't merge your turn checking range. That's, don't merge that's, your turn. That's really the lesson to be learned here. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, really appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. See you next week.